Hi, I'm Tommy Vaughn, and you're listening to Drinks with Tony. Get on the Drinks with Tony show. You're listening to Drinks with Tony. I'm your host, Tony Duchesne. Today on the show, we have Tommy Vaughn. She is the author of This Rock and Roll Dream, the third and final book of her Frankie Spencer series trilogy. She's also the front woman for Wall of Tom, a band that includes her husband, Tony Grimes, and I approve of his first name as well as his his last name. Tommy, hi. Hi. Actually, it was funny because I had you in my calendar as drinks with Tony, and my husband said, oh, isn't that so sweet? You scheduled a date for us? And I was like, no. Oh, my God. You didn't go with it? That would have been the perfect time to go, yes, darling. <laughs> and, and, this is, and then you just go with it, and everyone feels okay, but you hold the very dark secret. I, I was like, we've been together too long. I was like, no, dude, sorry. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I, I love talking about relationships because I was married for almost 14 years. And, you know, I was like, how long have you been together? Um, we've actually been together, I think, 18 years. Wow, that's great. I think that long. Or let's say 17. 17 to be safe. We'll go 17 and a half. What, yeah, but, and 17 to be safe. <laughs> um, but we, we uh, broke the band rule. We had been playing in a band for... Jeez. For about three and a half years um, before... And let the listeners know, what is the band rule? The band rule is you're never supposed to sleep with your bandmates. Right. Um, I thought it was a go anywhere else. <laughs> it's a surefire way to break up the band. And I mean, Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it worked for us. It, it, oddly enough, we tried to fight it for a while, and we wrote a bunch of songs, and, and then uh, we fought it again, and we wrote some more songs, and then we just said, fuck it, we're just going to... Can I curse? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, and we just went with it, and it really worked. So it's, it's a good thing. I like that you fought it, because that's what I tend to do. When something's real, I run yeah. away, and it scares me to death, and where I almost want to throw up, and then I'm like, oh, God. I got I, I think I'm in love. Damn it. It was, it was basically, he just kept showing up. And I was like, dude, I'm not going to do this. And he was like, nope, we're doing it. <laughs> so <laughs> persistence pays. Yeah. Well, and being <laughs> a good person as well. I mean, you could be persistent and be an asshole. And it's like, eh. Yeah, no, he was a good one. He was a good one. Yeah. And so um, now, are you from Los Angeles? Or did you, what, what's your, where are you from? I'm originally from Reedsport, Oregon, okay. uh, a very small town, and uh, I, I, my parents split up at a young age, and my mom moved to California, and so I kind of spent half my life in California and half my life in Oregon. Um, California? And, um, uh, she moved to San Diego. Okay. And I kind of did did my little surf time in San Diego, but I always knew that I was gonna head to Hollywood. Um, and I moved to Hollywood in 2000. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I love, I love Hollywood. And and your so your friends in Oregon in the small town did they did they see you as like a superstar who's going to California, and then it's like, oh my God, you're going to Hollywood. Was that the vibe? Um, 
they, there's a couple people that said, you always were weird, you know? <laughs> so, but they're, they're so, they're so um, supportive. They're so supportive now, especially, but, uh, but they, you know, I always kind of dressed a little funky and, and uh, I was always just a little, I didn't fit in very well, but I fit in really well in Hollywood. Yeah. So, and, um, and you got to Hollywood, I, you were, it was about being in a band, right? Was that the... Yes, absolutely. I, I started singing um, early, uh, but I joined my first band in San Diego. Um, and, uh, and I just kind of knew that I was going to go. Um, and when I moved, I was like, what do I do? I'm in Hollywood. Uh, how do I do this? Because, you know, it's, it's crazy and it's huge. And I was still, I, I still feel like I was a small town girl, um, in a huge city. And I just said, well, I'm going to get a job in the music industry somehow so I can learn. I can learn from the ground up, basically, what to do. And I got a job at uh, Cherokee Recording Studios. Um, and I was the receptionist. And basically, I, all my friends that I still have, it like, it's like the Kevin Bacon game, but it's Cherokee Studios. That it all comes back to Cherokee. I love, I love how you came into it because... I, I imagine some people could, because I can't. I didn't move to Los Angeles until I was in my forties. But um, but some people come in. I feel like some people come into it as like, here I am, come and get it. I'm I'm the shit kind of thing, and don't like do something like just get a receptionist job at the industry you want to get in. And that's that's better. It's almost better than going to get a four year college degree at some university. Get the receptionist job at the recording studio where. Oh, it's yeah. Oh yeah, we literally I, we called it our rock and roll university yeah. because I mean every day I I learned about the industry itself. I learned about how to record music. Um I got to record music. I got to meet all these incredible musicians who taught me they I was just like this little sponge, you know? Um and I kept my wits about me and I I was a good girl and I was just like I'm going to I'm I'm going to learn and I really did. I I really feel like I learned so much about the industry. Um everybody respected me because I I kept my wits about me and and I just met the most incredible people. I know some people have other experiences um in in the industry i know some people you know it's dark i saw so many people come in and leave um because you know you get robbed you get mugged you get in a car accident um which I, two of those happened to me but uh but i didn't leave you know i i kept at it and uh and i just i fell in love with the city yeah and the and the and the vibe i um the, uh, you kept your wits about you. What does that mean? I did not sleep around. Okay. I, I definitely had opportunity to yeah. do so. Um, being young and fun and, and all that. Um, but I, I have a very strong father who raised me with, with a lot of sass and a lot of strength. Uh -huh. And uh, I've never been afraid to be powerful. So I just, 
I just went in there with my head held high and I said, I'm going to leave here feeling exactly the same way. And I, I did. I, I was always, I'm proud of myself for that because there was definitely a few times when it could have been a little, a little easier. <laughs> a little easier up the ladder of, uh, yeah. of success. Yeah. But I mean, do you still feel bad saying no to David Bowie? I never said no to David Bowie. <laughs> he was the one time. Yeah, yeah. That would be not keeping your wits about you, saying no to David Bowie. If he wants to sleep with you, you sleep with him, and you tell your friends for the rest of your life. For the rest of your days. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Well, he did record at Cherokee, but I was not there when he recorded there. Oh, wow. When, yeah. when you were first there... Did, what were some of your music, did you see some of your music heroes walk in and you're just like, oh my God, you're just like here in front of me? Oh yeah, you, you shit your pants basically. And it's like, I, I had the, the whole thing, everybody poops, everybody poops. <laughs> and, and the next day they're like, well, Tom Petty is coming in and you're, everybody poops, everybody yeah. poops. You know, and Henry Rollins would come in the next day. And then, you know, there, there was like, one day, you know, I show up and there's all these trucks and kisses coming in today. And you're like, everybody poops. Wow. Everybody's real, you know? Wow. Um, and, and it just, it, it was an incredible, an incredible time. I mean, Cherokee has just the most legendary, not only musicians, but uh, producers that would come through there. Roy Thomas Baker, we had, you know, uh, uh, um, God, Axel. Axel would not come in. The whole band would come in and Axel would just call on the phone. Hi, this is Axel Bose. I'm here to talk to Roy. And you're just like, okay. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, like Gilby, Gilby Clark, all these people just, they were just amazing people. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so I really, I really feel like it, it is in a sense, a million novels in itself right yeah. there. So what was the biggest poop you had? <laughs> I, was, I love that question out of context because if someone just came in on that, it would just be like, what am I? Yeah. Um, I would have to say, uh, well, I, I didn't really have one that I'm trying to think if there was one that I was just like, I couldn't even function. Yeah. It was probably just like a really cute boy that came into the studio that was oh, okay. a new that I was like, Oh God, be good. Be good. Um, no, I, I, um, I think, I think like Billy Idol was a pretty cool one. Oh, yeah. Um, there was Rod Stewart who was, who was just, he was like the coolest. And, and we had like this little window in the front door and all I saw was his hair when oh. when he walked up and part of my job was like i i got the writer and like i would make sure that their studio had all the foods that they wanted all the little things that they like to have and uh and just rod stewart i forget was it mangoes there was something like, like funny that that he he had to have like papayas or mangoes or something it was just it's just funny I forget, I forget because you only you only hear about tour writers and like the writers for when do, when doing big live concerts. You don't hear about the studio session writers for uh, 
for musicians and stuff. Oh, yeah, they they have them. The big ones have them. The the you know, starting off bands don't. But yeah. uh, but we had we had a lot, but I kind of saw the industry uh, when I started the industry was here and when I ended the industry was down there. Yeah. Um, because of Napster and everything that kind of happened with the the recording studios, which was, you know, tragic. Mm -hmm. um, digital digital killed analog in so many ways. How do you how do you feel about that? Because I still I still love I mean personally I love analog. Like when I'm when I'm recording interviews for drinks with Tony, we're on a we're on a actual recorder. It's a digital recorder. But I still feel like I can't go into a computer. It drives me nuts. Yeah. And I would rather have reel to reel. I mean if I can have a reel to reel bay in my apartment and splice, oh. that would excite me to no end. I I am one of those old school people. Oh, I know who was the biggest person that I I had to not poop around or <laughs> that I had to remind myself. Um, Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. Oh, but he actually, oddest, oddest thing. He was not coming in to record. He had been down the street uh, uh, getting his hair done. There was like a hair salon right down Melrose that uh, he was there. And I was outside smoking a cigarette. Don't let my children hear this. They, I'll, although I did. I think I told him this. Sure, sure. I, I'll take responsibility for what your okay. children hear and don't hear. But, uh, but I was outside on the curb smoking a cigarette, and I turned around, and there's Dave Grohl, and he was like, hey. And I was like, hey. And and uh, I was like, are you here to record? And he's like, no, is this a studio? And and I was like, yeah, this is Cherokee. And he just was like, no way. <laughs> this is Cherokee. And I was like, sure, come on in. And And so I took him around, and I showed him around, and like all our interns were like, <laughs> yeah. A roll. Yeah. But, uh, coolest dude ever. Just, just so cool. And um, Andy Johns. I don't know if you, you remember Andy Johns, who was a big uh, record producer. He did Zeppelin. Okay. Um, was in one of the studios, and and uh, I brought Dave in, and Andy's like Dave, and he's like Andy, you know, and they're like, la, 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 you know, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, he was probably the biggest the biggest person I would say that that to me like that I just admired the hell out of. Yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah. What well, I, I remember those days when I mean I remember when you know I remember when Nirvana's uh, <clears throat> video came out and broke uh, the Smells Like Teen Spirit and I went oh god all 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 the shows I've been going to are completely ruined. It's going to be a bunch of jocks in the pit. And all of a sudden, all my shows were ruined. And I'm just like, "There's where are all my friends? They're all gone. It was just, it was the weirdest moment. And um, uh, Well, the, what you had said before about analog is um, I definitely am I'm a person that loves the warmth. I love albums. I love the feel of analog, the hiss that you have. Um, I think that that digital... You know, I, I could say a lot about that, but I'm not going to totally bash it because, shit, I use it too. Yeah. Um, but I really miss the old days of recording. Yeah. And then why I brought up the reel-to-reel is because I used to do college radio, and then that was like kind of before there was any. Yeah, it was like vinyl, 
and you cut your spots on reel to reel through the board and you had to splice it and have your little yeah. log book of what, you know, and I just love that. And then by the, you know, by the time software comes in and I see audacity and SoundForge and all that, it's just a digital version of doing the reel to reel. It's, yeah. it's so much fun. Yeah. It is. It is. And then, and then what you did is you lose, you completely lost your mind and became a writer. How, well, how did that I, happen? <laughs> I am uh, go the worst. <laughs> I've kind of always been a writer. That's I. Yeah. I was a songwriter. Oh, from you know, like a, a little girl, I wrote the silliest songs, and and in school, I loved all my creative writing classes. In college, I just, I, I just loved writing. I love telling a story. Um, I'd never written a book before. Uh, I'd written short stories. Um, I'd written a thousand songs. Um, and, uh, and, and it just, when I got pregnant with my son, um, I basically was like, well, shit, what do I do with myself? Um, although I did play a show at the Viper Room I think I was seven months pregnant and I could barely sit and I couldn't get in the stalls because the stalls are like this big. Mm -hmm. And I just laughed. Like, oh, I like, do my cocaine now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would say. If I could be pregnant and seven months pregnant, I would ask everybody, is there a place where I can do cocaine? Just, just to fuck with people. Just I'm to fuck it. with them. But I was like, well, I think that that was a good show, but I'm going to take a little break. And um, I had always had the idea for this series. Um, it, it had always kind of been in the back of my mind with everything that I had gone through. There was always moments when I was like, this is going in the book. This is going in the book. Yeah. Um, but uh, I never had the time because I was, I was in it. Um, yeah. and, uh, and really the, the beauty of, of cooking a, a person gave me the time to slow down and to to really like focus and i did it i just started writing um i i think i started before he was born um and then i was writing probably for the first six months of his life and i held him right here and i typed with one hand wow. And I was bouncing on an extra. Not male ball. writers who aren't holding a baby in one hand and typing with the other. <laughs> yeah, it was, and and bouncing on an exercise ball. I'm not oh. even looking with you right now. That's yeah. what I did. And hello, you know. <laughs> but uh, so then, you know, it took about six six to eight months to kind of shop it and and try to get anybody to pay attention to me. Um, because you know, I, I'm a nobody in the writer's world. Um, and, uh, and not very many people write about rock and roll or, or maybe too many people write about it and they don't write about it well, or I, I don't know. I, but hate, I hate that problem when like, especially something I'm passionate about and people, I'm trying to work on a story about it. And, and for the most part, all of the narratives really suck. So it's like, how do I, how can I break out? And everyone just goes, oh, great. Another that story. We've already read, a, you know, 50 shitty ones of that. And I'm just like, thanks, everyone. Thanks for not putting in the work. I Thank appreciate you. it. 
Thank you. Oh my God. I got, I got the greatest rejection letter from one of the biggest literary agents that I was just, I was so thrilled. I finally got a, a rejection letter and it was the most thoughtfully written rejection. Um, they really understood the whole thing. They were really getting into the story. Uh, and basically it was like, I'm reading all the way down, like, okay, okay, this is good. This is good. This is good. And the very last line is, but we just don't know how to market this book with you being a man. And I was like, man. Oh, they thought you were a dude. I thought I was a dude because my name was Tommy. Oh, wow. And I was like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> and I tried to call them. I tried to get through. Yeah. There was no, once they send that shit out, you're done. Wait. You know, oh, I'm a girl. I'm a girl. I'm a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Oh. But it was, you know, those sort of things. It's like, you just have to start laughing. Cause you're just that like, is oh. an epic rejection letter. I don't think I've ever heard a rejection letter like that before. It was great. It was great. And I like cried, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but you know, I mean, what do you do? You just keep going. Yeah. That is it. What did you notice that in the literary world where, people actually like kind of really gave you feedback and kind of dove into it with that, with a rejection or something in the music scene, it would just be like, didn't like the demo tape. They're not going to tell you a thing about it. Yeah. 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 They, that it was, it was just a, I, I have so many friends that are like, Oh my gosh, how did you do this? How did you? And I was like, you just, you just keep going. You just keep going. Yeah. It's really, it's, I think it's like being an actor. It's like anything you just get rejection after rejection and, and then you just keep reworking your letters and re, I mean, I, I went with a very indie, um, uh, uh, publisher mm -hmm. who she usually, she only takes on a couple like full blown, um, authors a year. And uh, she does like imprinting and things like that. But she took me on full force. She was like, I believe in this project. I'm going to sign you for three books. And she was just so into it. And I was like, okay, this is amazing because yes, I could go with, it, it's just like the music industry. I could go with a major and get all the like hoopla and then be in debt and then have to, you know, get everything back or I could go with this indie who really believes in my art and my music and they're gonna it's my it's gonna be more important the music is gonna be more important so I just figured the book was gonna be the same way and and I went with Wyatt McKenzie and she's just been she's been amazing and then and that's the thing too with um it's having the right person championing your work, whether it's an agent or an editor. And even if it's an editor at a large uh, publisher, they may be championing your work, but the publisher may just dump you by the time your quarter's coming out and they're like, oh, you know, well, this month, drag racing's kind of like more, do we have any drag racing in our, you know, and then they're just putting all their time into that and you're going, sell well, you, you know? Uh, I had uh, Beth Lissick on the show a few weeks ago, and I, I've known her for years, and she's done both the big, the big five and independent publishing. And her latest book is on a new independent publisher, and it's the one. The book's fantastic, and it's 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 the best thing she's written. 
and it's so great to see a solid indie publisher really getting her out there you know it's yeah yeah it's true and and i mean i uh, she stuck with me the first two books came really quick um and uh then i became a mother of two (laughs) and i couldn't get shit done for nothing (laughs) So, so what's harder childbirth or writing a book (laughs) <laughs> i love you I, I wish i could i wish the uh listeners could see your face right now because that was just that was like why the hell are you asking me that question that's one of the stupidest questions ever no wait let me think <laughs> well no i was like okay wait i was on drugs when i had kids like like <laughs> you know not bad drugs but good drugs so yeah. i couldn't feel a lot of pain i tried to do it natural but oh my god that's a whole nother story um but uh I, I truthfully, I think that, that writing the book was easier. Absolutely. Um, being, being a parent is the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life. And I have rad kids. I have like exceptional children that just are the coolest little people, Uh but they just, they just know what to do. And it's like, I, I was an old broad. I was like done. I chose rock and roll rather than, rather than having kids. And when my husband and I got married, I was like, dude, I don't know. You know, I'm 39 right now. I don't know if it's going to happen. And, uh, and we got pregnant on our honeymoon. Wow. Yeah. So it was just like, okay, I guess I became a mother, um, you know, turned 40 I had my daughter at 43 so it's kind of it's kind of I was late in the game so I think that I was pretty set in my ways with with who I was and now my kids are just like ah Jesus my mother right right (laughs) my mom the rock star writer is gonna embarrass me for the rest of my life because they don't see you like that they see you as oh mom oh dear Lord um there was an instance uh, just right before the world shut down, um, we were shooting a music video for our, our new song that we just released with Wall of Tom. And uh, the song's called Drive Through Fire. And we just released the video. And you can see in it, there's like this face paint, this like tribal face paint that, that I had on that was frightening. It was frightening looking. And my kids were there behind the set and everything. And I was tucking them into bed because we shot on location. And I'm tucking them into bed with like this scary <laughs> makeup on. And I was like, do you guys think your mom's crazy? And they're like, no, mom, you're cool. This is oh, cool. Oh, wow, yeah. Well, that's a good like, yeah. <laughs> That feels good. <laughs> yeah, you get that from your kids and you know you're doing something right. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, um, now you live in Santa Barbara now. That, what was um, what was that like? Uh, like uh, that must have been somewhat of a culture shock, yeah. Yes, I I I wore different eyeliner, or it was, <laughs> it was like I I just you know I come in look out by wearing different eyeliner. Yeah, I come in looking like Moira Rose. I don't know if you watch Shit's Creek, but the the like character, like I was like, you know, this heavy, heavy um lidded gal from yeah. from rock and roll and 
And I also love the beach. I'm, I'm a beach girl too. So I just took off all my makeup and, and put on a flowery dress and I fit right in. Oh, that's yeah. I haven't been to Santa Barbara. So that's why it's, it's, it's fucking beautiful. That's all I can say. It's beautiful. And the community is, is amazing. They, I, I, living in LA, you get kind of a thicker skin. Um, and, and when I came here, it's like people were so nice and they were so nice. And I kept, I would just watch them. And I'd be like, what do they want? What right. do they need? Yeah. Yeah. What am I doing? You know? And it took me six months to be like, wow, these are wonderful people. These yeah. are genuinely happy, wonderful people that just, just want to be friends. They yeah. just want to hang out, you know? And, and I have some of the nicest friends here that I've ever had. So it's, I, I really, I can't say enough about the community of Santa Barbara. And what's great about it is it's not that far from Los Angeles. You could drop in and do a show. You could drop in and see your friends. It's not like you went, you know, went to Taipei or something. Yeah. It's not like you're totally gone. So it's, it's nice. And my friends from LA actually want to visit me. So that's, oh. that's a good thing, you know? Um, do you load them with an extra bedroom in your place? You're like, come on up. Of course. I'm like, I'm a mile from the beach. Let's go. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. But I've got surfboards. Uh -huh. Get out there. <laughs> yeah. Do you still surf? I do. I do. Cool. Do, yeah. you I'm, I'm literally, I am in my bathing suit. Oh, my God. And I'm going to go to the beach as soon as we're done. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. When, uh, when shelter in place happened, we couldn't go to the beach for a while. Was that the case up there? Or? We never had that. Um, oh, it, great. It was basically, it saved, it saved my soul. It saved uh, my children's soul. Um, that the, the beach kind of that we go to, it's, it's more of like a local's beach i don't think a lot of tourists know of it so oh. it was never we what never, are the I, so we can give them out to everybody no i'm kidding no. <laughs> i'll be i'll be ousted from the line up there <laughs> but uh no it uh it's it was great because we i could go a couple days a week you know um even just taking beach walks in the morning there was nobody on the beach um it it saved me. It saved me. It saved my children. Um, now, now, you know, we can, we can go and, and we still, we don't go on the weekends because it's just, it's just too crowded, but yeah. we just stick around and I do a lot of gardening. A lot of, you're doing a lot of things with the earth, with the ground, with the water. Yes. Yes. I'm, a, I'm, I'm very, I'm a, a very down to earth gal. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up on a farm. I would have a farm if I could. Oh, wow. Yeah. What, yeah. what, a, what a great of both worlds. Farm, beach, surf. It's just like... Yeah. yeah. It, it's nice. And this is my, my basement. So my basement is our, our studio. So yeah. we, get to, uh, we get to rock and roll um, downstairs and uh, drive our children crazy when we have rehearsal. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a polar opposite of what usually happens. What, yeah. Now, is the rest of the band also in Santa Barbara? Is it easy for everyone to get the bet together? 
No. And sadly we are, we are like separated, um, right now. Um, my drummer Kareem Iams is in Pasadena and, uh, he hasn't not left. Um, you know, they've, they've had a lot of different, uh, uh, lockdowns and things like that um i'm in east and, hollywood and it's the same thing i'm just like yeah yeah um and uh our cellist is here in santa barbara our bass player um is in santa barbara as well although we had a bass player he's in ventura too so we kind of we we're kind of local except for our drummer but people are at least my my band is very like oh we're not going to get together yet. Yeah. You know, we're going to, we're going to wait because we have children and we have to, you know, take care. Um, but my husband and I thankfully can, can still play and, and get it out. And I'd love to say that, Oh my God, I've written like a whole album, but um, I have kids. So. Well, and the other thing is what I've noticed, you know, as we're like three months into this uh, pandemic, and then I was just like, oh my God, here I go. Cause I can just finish my novel, right? And I had all these like, this is gonna be perfect. Cause I'm all set up for this. And then at, the, is at some point I'm like, oh my God, my brain is functioning like on 30% of normal right now. I just have to be okay with that. It's, it's You have to just let it go. I've, I've talked to so many um, creatives and, and you know, they're like, I, I feel like I should be doing something, you know? And I'm like, just let it be, let it, let it go. And, and, you know, we're dealing with something that we've never had to deal before we'll ever in our lifetime. Um, and, and let's just, let's just get through it and be kind to ourselves and give ourselves a space to, to just be still for a little bit. Um, reset. And then it's almost given me too much time to think and I'm going, wait a second, but you know what I was striving for in life. Do I really, really want that? Do I really want to be with those people? Huh. You know, it's not like I'm changing out of being a writer or anything, but the yeah. same time, there's a little bit of like, I may have a nudge in a little different direction where my soul will be more filled. I think my brain was getting a little too scattered in the hectic of the, um, of just life. The day to day, I, I completely agree with you. I feel, um, I feel like I was always going. I was, crazy like uh if it wasn't a show on the weekend then it was rehearsal or we had you know the kids my son plays baseball and he, he surfs and my daughter does dancing and she sings and you know it's like uh there was always something that we were supposed to do or there's a birthday party or there's you know you there's so much going on that you're just like we gotta go 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 yeah. um and this was literally like, wow, we, we don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. We're just going to be here. And it took a while to, to be okay with that, um, to, to just not have to do anything and to be like, I'm going to go outside and, and build a chicken coop. <laughs> Did you? Uh-huh. Do you have chickens? We have chickens now. <laughs> Are you getting eggs from your chickens? No, they're still, they're two months old now. Okay. So, yeah, so we're, we're waiting. They're just a, a lot of fun. Yeah, you're just like, hey, hurry up and grow up. Get, right? Get, Give me those eggs. Yeah, we're going to bring you a man. Get to work, women. <laughs> Although, I think we have a rooster. We're just about to 
we're just about to uh producer and then film it it'll just be like a porn chicken film no no we're gonna i think um one of my best friends owns a, a ranch um in san Ynez valley and he was he's been the one that's like feeding me these chickens come on you need chicken yeah um so he he was like if it if one of them's a rooster just bring it back <laughs> oh okay well yeah. you don't know until after no, you don't. Not when they're little. And uh, but it looks a little different. It's got like yeah. a, a thing on top and the jowls and stuff. How do your so, kids dig the chickens? Are they going nuts over them? They love them. They yeah. totally love them. They're it's it's it, you know I I grew up on a farm. I think that making kids pick up poop and and um, you know get dirty is a, a big part of growing up. That you need to get out there and and get your hands dirty yeah what um and then so this was the end so this is the end of your trilogy yes. of the, this book with this character what was it like to kind of because you're in a relationship with this character for three books what was it like to end that relationship essentially what was it like to put a book a bookend on it and go i think we're done it was it was hard i my husband would walk in my office and i'd be bawling yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel, I feel like I did her right. I, I put her through hell, but I did her right. She, she, she had the, the, the finale that she needed. That, uh, um, I think all of them, you know, you, I, I think you fall in love with all your characters. You, you've written, you know, books and, and you really do. It's like you, you become so invested in these characters and they seem real and you dream and your characters are in there um so i i think i did miss some of the characters um uh, in it you know like oh yeah you know i'm gonna miss them but you can always open the book and visit them again but uh but it is it is a uh a heartbreak and at the same time you you're elated that it's that I know it's done. I'm I know it's done. People go, well, what is there another one? No, there's no more. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Unless they make you do a film on it, that's a whole nother uh I will do that. And I know you have a film and I wanna pick your brain about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's uh so I'll tell you about the different nervous breakdowns I had. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like if you know Reese Witherspoon, I wanna get to her. <laughs> oh really? Oh yeah, yeah. I no, I don't know her. So well she no. doesn't know me, I know her. <laughs> let's, let's make let's make that very apparent. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that yeah, between film and uh book, it's so different. I'm sure. Yeah. The um and are you working on something now? Do you do you are or I mean we are in shelter in place, so when you know, working on eating salami and having a glass of wine is work for me right now. So. I'm working on my daughter stop baking cookies because she keeps baking cookies and I'm like, girl, you you get mama like over the edge. It's gonna take me a month and a half to get back. <laughs> Yeah, I went to the doctor yesterday, and they, like, weighed me, and I was like, oh, crap, that's shelter-in-place weight. And the nurse was so sweet. She's like, oh, it's me, too. And we were just, we were talking about our, you know, 
our, our weight gain problems, which is such a first world problem to have in a pandemic, right? It's so, it's so true. And, and I just, I have to, I have to just, you know, stop and go, I have to count my blessings and let's make another batch of cookies and, and let's have some fun together. The sweetest, I have the sweetest, you know, memories of this time already. Just the, the time that I've had with my kids that we can just be silly and just do nothing together. And um, it's been great in no. that sense. Um, with a book, I have an idea for another book, but I have not, I've outlined it, but I haven't been able to write anything yet. Did, did you outline the, the series? Was, was that how you approach it? I, out, I usually did do an outline. The first book I wrote some of it by like pen and then I had to re-put it in um, because, you know, I'm a, I'm a songwriter, so I usually work across a page. Yeah. Um, so it was a different, it was like using a different part of your brain, which I'm sure you are um, when you're, you're typing rather than moving your hand across a page. I, I handwrite all my first drafts. Yeah, I even think my, even my articles, I have to handwrite them. Yeah, it's there's just you come from a different place, I think. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> I did I did outline the last book, but there were a lot of surprises when I actually got to writing it, and I think that that's why an outline is a loose outline. Yeah, because because it's great to it's great to just let your characters go through it, and then they surprise you. And that's, yeah. you know, you're on, it's like, oh my God, of course they made this decision because they made these decisions back here and here and here. They're going to dive into this full, you know, nothing that like we can ever think of because we've created the real characters in our mind, which, right. which I think is something that writers just get to, um, you know, I don't think people understand who aren't writers who just read books, understand how our characters actually like live with us. <laughs> and it's just like, it's almost okay. freaky. They haunt you. No, I've, I've said it to a couple people and then they like look at me weird and I go, Oh shit. They think I'm schizophrenic. And I'm like, well, yeah. maybe I am. <laughs> but you, you, you have all these voices coming at you all yeah. the time, but they're, they're characters. They're, you just have to be able to get the, get it out. You know? Yeah, exactly. And getting it out is huge too. Cause then you got to get it out and then craft it. And then rewrite and rewrite again. And, you know, and, and there's the point where you're like, I hate all these people. I'm just going to make all these characters die. They're all going to have sex and die. And you write those chapters and you're like, no, wait a second. Okay, then maybe there's something. I can't do that. Not everybody. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah. yeah. The, way, the, the way we trick, uh, the trick our brains to actually get creativity out. It's just. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I. I'm kind of like, um, well, not kind of, I'm an insomniac. Uh, okay. So I really have a problem shutting it off. Yeah. And I, if, I, if I wake up and I have like these things going on, I just have to, I just have to start writing it down, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I really feel like the last book took me so long to write. Um, and it wasn't because I, I was sitting there staring at a page. I just never even started. Um, and uh, it came to a point to where they were haunting me. They were like, okay, 
you better start writing this or yeah. you're never going to sleep again. And I did start sleeping as soon as I started writing. Oh, interesting. You're, it's so funny, the, the, um, the muscles we tap in our brain when we're writing and, and how, they, how they, there's an urge for them to be tapped. It's almost like uh, if I don't write, I'm, not a, I'm, not, I'm a cranky person. I'm not, I'm not a good person in real life. I need to like, I write and then I'm not as cranky. And then I think it's just better for everybody. <laughs> it's, that's what I even say. I was like, even if I write a, ha a haiku, yeah. mama is happy. You know, I, I just, it's like the books and pages. I just, as long as I'm filling something up, I'm, I'm a better person. I'm a happier person. Exactly. Tommy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course. Of course. You're awesome. Tommy Vaughn on Drinks with Tony. Check out her new book, The Rock and Roll Dream. Hey, come back next week when my guest is Arthur Narcessian. His new book is called The Five Books of Robert Moses. Also, make sure to sign up for the online book release party featuring Bob Odenkirk on July 16th for Arthur Narcessian. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week.